You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, where we offer you podcasts of the supernatural and the unexplained. Get ready now for Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Did you know about 5% of the population has had a near-death experience and that most people believe in the afterlife? They may not talk about it, but they believe. It's a normal human fear that we all have that will be judged by others, so we often keep our mouths shut. Today on the show, I'd like to introduce you to a former atheist who was a key subject of Dr. Kenneth Ring's groundbreaking book in the 80s on the near-death experience called Heading Toward Omega. She also did research at the University of Connecticut Medical School for six years on the after-effects of near-death experiences with psychiatry professor Dr. Bruce Grayson. Barbara Harris Whitfield is now a therapist, author of many books, including Spiritual Awakenings, Final Passage, and The Natural Soul. Welcome, Barbara, to Shades of the Afterlife. Thank you, Sandra. I appreciate you asking me to be on, and I'm thrilled for the next hour. Oh, I'm thrilled, too. And um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about you, where you're living, and maybe just a little bit about your past that brought you up to yeah, yeah. where you are. We are in Atlanta, Georgia, and my husband, who's an MD and best-selling author, he wrote Healing the Child Within. He yeah. and I have a practice together where we do individual group and marriage counseling for adults that were repeatedly traumatized as children. It's a very rewarding field. And anybody who's doing psychotherapy with a trauma base is, is getting to the roots of the healing that we need. And I certainly needed that kind of healing. I came from a very dysfunctional childhood, grew up very, very numb, and is an atheist because... I remember back then thinking there can't be a God because God would not let children be tormented the way I was. Mm, makes sense. And lo and behold, at the age of 32, there I was in the arms of God. <laughs> let me just acknowledge and commend you on what you and your husband are doing. I know just from my own person, things that happen when we're young impact the rest of our lives. So if you can get they to the root do. of that, you can set people free to be who they're meant to be. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Yeah, you know, it was a very quick awakening. At the age of 32, I didn't believe in anything anymore, and mm-hmm. yet I had five and a half hours of back surgery. Ouch. And, yeah, and woke up in a, a striker frame circle bed, which looks like a Ferris wheel for one person. It's two big chrome hoops, and there's a stretcher in the middle, and I was suspended in that bed for over a month, and then seven months in a full body cast. So um, wow. I'm waking up, and that is, is a very awesome way to wake up in a bed like that. And it, it stops you from moving. It moves you. Three times a day, they would come in and rotate me up and over onto my face. 
to air out my lungs and my back. But anyway, about two days after surgery, I started to die. My blood volume dropped really low, and my body swelled up. And I remember them um, coming in and trying to do all this hanging bottles and tubes. This was before I became a respiratory therapist, so I really didn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. But they were doing life-saving procedures on me. And I just remember screaming, leave me alone, let me die, because I really didn't want to go on living. I had been in pain for two years. I had been on a lot of Valium and a lot of Percocet, and that was all they were doing for me for two years. I mean, this was in the mid-70s. Uh, just writing more and more prescriptions and just I, I became so numb that I wasn't a wife anymore. I had three young kids. I couldn't be a mother. I was just kind of a vegetable on these drugs. So if if I was going to die, I re really wanted to. I really would. I remember the mindset was get away, leave me alone, let me die. Right. And the next thing I knew, I was out in the corridor and I was up near the ceiling, and I didn't know I was up near the ceiling until I looked into the PA speaker that I knew was mounted at the ceiling, and then I knew something really strange was going on. And I moved back into the room, and I looked down into the circle bed and saw my body. Wow. Now, I had no problem with that at all. I was totally peaceful. I was probably more peaceful than I had ever been in my life. And I just looked at her, and I remember feeling myself chuckle because she looked funny with tape wrapped around her nose. Hmm. I was holding a tube down my throat. And as I thought that, the next thing I knew, I was in total blackness. And as I was moving through the blackness, I suddenly felt this lush warmth pull me in. And it was my grandmother. Now, my grandmother had been dead for 14 years. And I had never once thought of her existing beyond her death, but she was holding me. And together we re-experienced all 19 years we were on the planet together. But I didn't just experience it from my viewpoint. I experienced what she was seeing, feeling, sensing too. And it was incredible. I mean, we had this very warm, loving relationship. I know that my grandmother's love is what kept me going because I wasn't getting any at home. <sighs> and the next thing I knew, I was moving away from her, and she was letting me know, not in words, but heart to heart, that she would always be there waiting for me, but I needed to go back. Now, I did go back, and it happened again a week later, but I have to tell you that when the nurses came in after that experience, I told them, not what I just told you, but... Um, I told them I had left the bed, and they told me I had, was hallucinating. Wow, and the sure. more I objected, now this was back in the 70s, they sedated me. The other thing that happened, and it's still like this to this day, is that my eyes became really, really sensitive to light, and I made them keep the drapes closed in my room, and I kept asking them to close the door because my hearing became heightened, and I couldn't handle the sound of the page. Anyway, it happened again a week later. I had been rotated forward onto my face. Now, I wasn't on the critical list anymore. Mm -hmm. What happened was my day nurse forgot about me. The door was closed. The button to call for her had fallen away from the sheet, so I was trapped face down, which was very uncomfortable. Sure. I weighed 85 pounds at the time. Oh, my and, gosh. Yeah, I normally weigh around 112, so I was very, very skinny. And 
I started calling, then I started screaming, then I became hysterical, and I separated from my body again. Only this time I watched it happen. And I just have to tell the listeners that we now know this is called the trauma transcendence interface, that when something really horrible is going on, sometimes there's that moment where we transcend the horror of it, and we go through a spiritual experience. I hear this often from, from people who have been raped and other kinds of really shocking to the system kind of experiences. People separate, and it's called the trauma transcendence interface. Okay. Okay, so I'm separated from my body again. I'm looking down on it. She's crying hysterically. I look down into the darkness, and I saw myself at about a year old, face down in my crib, crying just as hard and I looked back and forth about three times and then had this feeling that I just wanted to let go of this lifetime which a lot of people that are having NDEs are talking about that moment of letting go and as I let go it's as though that baby in that bubble was in a cloud that contained thousands of bubbles and I re-experienced all 32 years of my life bobbing through the bubbles and at the same time there was a linear sequence and at the same time there was this energy that wrapped itself around me and moved into me and became me that I now the only word I can use is God for a long time I could not say that word because I had been an atheist sure but this incredible an incredible energy moved into me and just like with my grandmother I could see not only through my eyes, but through God's eyes. And I could feel not only from my heart, but from God's heart. And I kept hearing myself say, no wonder, no wonder. And I take that no wonder to mean, no wonder you are the way you are now. Look what was done to you as a child. Wow. You know, I, it was a very hard childhood. But at the same time, my mother, who really was my tormentor, had a worse childhood. I was also feeling what she was feeling, and she had had a worse time than I had. So there was a lot of understanding, a lot of understanding that I don't think in this reality we can get the way we can get when we're looking at it through God's eyes. And as I was finishing up those 32 years, what I was, the horror that I was seeing was that if I continued on the path I was on, I was going to be treating my own children like my mother was treating me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, what a way to come back. And I remember as I came back thinking, I want there to be a planet for my children to have children on. And that was the message I came back with was, you know, I need to heal myself and I need to help heal the planet. Wow. Then what? Where do we go? I'm I'm left speechless. <laughs> I am. I leave everybody speechless. Yeah, but it's a it's a good speechless because I can't help but look into my eyes. Well, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. But I didn't come back into my body. I came back behind the nurses' station, and I heard them talking about my case. So I had information that I should not have known. What did you hear them say? I heard them say that my doctor had insisted that everybody lie to me and tell me I was going to be in the body cast for six weeks when in fact I was going to be in the body cast for six months or longer. Wow. That was one thing. And the other thing was that when my day nurse found me, she became so upset that they had to send her home early. Hmm. And then I was back in my body. And this nurse came in and I said, I left the bed again. And she said, no, 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 honey, you've hallucinated. 
and I said to her, please call my day nurse and tell her I'm okay and I'm not angry with her, and you shouldn't lie to me and tell me I'm going to be in the body cast for six weeks when you know I'm going to be in the body cast for six months. And I got sedated again, so I learned very quickly not to talk about it. Yeah, of course. And yeah. let, let me just ask a quick question. Sure. I'm sure you were under a lot of pain medication, sedation, and experiencing pain, lying mm-hmm. there. Was the experience of the NDE clear, crisp, real? You know what I'm asking? Yeah, yeah I know. Um, the first experience, yes, I was on morphine. The second experience, I wasn't on anything. And they were both just as crystal clear. When we're out of our bodies, anything that's going on in our body, like drugs, doesn't affect us because we're now pure soul. There's no mind or brain to get in the way. That's so interesting. Barbara, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'd like to ask you how clear your memory is of this near-death experience because it happened so long ago. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash shades. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. 
And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. At ParanormalDate.com, you meet the most fantastic people. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Jennifer. What brings you here? Yeah, I'm here to meet someone who understands me. How so? Well, I'm into UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, the paranormal, that kind of stuff. But can't seem to find anyone who gets it. Oh, well, um, nice to meet you, Tom. I, I gotta go. Uh, okay. Guess that's not your cup of tea. Are you sure? Very. Good luck with that. I can't meet anyone when I'm out and I really can't find a website for my unique interests. What is one to do? Have you thought about ParanormalDate.com? Para what dot what? Who are you? I'm a paranormal matchmaker and it's ParanormalDate.com It's a website for people looking for people like them. Stuff you like, remember? Interesting. Uh, I'll give it a try. Well, let's try this again. Uh, hi, I'm Tom. Hey, I'm Deb. Your profile on Paranormal date.com looked very interesting so you really saw a ufo well yeah it was so intense but not as intense as meeting you you're an alien chasing flirt but i kind of like it wow this paranormal date.com thing really works maybe paranormal date.com is for you people with an interest in things they hear on george's show find their match daily so if you're looking for that special someone with an interest in ufos ghosts aliens Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and of course, the paranormal. Come to the dating site inspired by George Norrie. It's always free to search, and if you decide to upgrade to our amazing new features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. ParanormalDate.com. You are not alone. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are with Barbara Harris-Whitfield. Now, Barbara, people that I've talked to that have had NDEs say that it's a memory, even though it could have happened years ago. It's like it mm-hmm. just happened yesterday. It's still exactly. so... And that was part of my research at the university with Bruce Grayson. Okay. Uh, we, we questioned people as soon as they would, you know, tell us about it, which was usually within a couple of years. Then um, I went back at 10 years and questioned them again, and everything was identical. And then Dr. Grayson went back 20 years later and got the exact same answers, maybe a little bit more um, described, because we keep learning how to find more words to describe something that you can't describe it. Sure. You know, I mean, I remember saying to people, they'd say to me, well, there are no words. And I'd say, okay, I understand there are no words, but could you just try to explain it to me? So I've got them explaining something that's unexplainable. 
but at 20 years, it's just, it's not that it's embellished, it's just a little bit clearer. And what you just heard, my account, was from 40 years ago. And it, when I'm telling it, it is just as clear as like it happened yesterday. And I'm feeling it, I'm tasting it, I can see it. We're stepping out of this reality into eternity. Mm. And eternity is always there, and eternity is always the same. This, that's just mind-blowing. Because I know just even from my own memory how hard it is to remember what happened yesterday as opposed mm-hmm. to a conversation that happened 10 years ago. And yeah. to be able to question people and have it be the same. Yeah, you know, um, I'm 72, and I definitely sometimes have some short memory loss. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I can't remember why I walked into a room, and I, I just have to laugh <laughs> because I know it's normal for my age. Mm-hmm. But this is as crystal clear it's more crystal clear than anything I've ever experienced in my life. Wow. Well, what happened after? So I'm guessing oh, you eventually got after, out of the, the hospital. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize at the time that this was the beginning of, well, Joseph Campbell calls it the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. I thought of it as I knew I had a mission, but I didn't know what it was. Um, So I started this journey through my life now that I can look back and see how defined the path was. The first thing I did after I got out of the body cast was go through physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And once I got my strength back, I volunteered at the hospital where I had been. And I was in the emergency room. And I loved it. It was like the only place where I felt people were being real. See, my life before was, um, well, how do I explain it? We had the perfect home three wonderful kids, a swimming pool, mm-hmm. an airplane, fabulous vacations. I mean, materially, we were it. Right. You know, we had achieved. But that all kind of felt phony to me, except for my relationship with my kids. As far as my husband at the time went, he wouldn't believe any of this. So what happened in the emergency room, I, I would wind up holding hands of people that were dying. Just sitting with them. Being at a deathbed scene was not frightening anymore. It was someplace I wanted to be because it was real. And from there, I realized, first I was volunteering one day a week and then two days a week. And sometimes they'd call me in a third day when they were shorthanded. So I realized I had to go back to school. And I did, and I became a respiratory therapist. While I was still a student, I got published on my, I used to call my um, subject the emotional needs of critical care patients. Oh, shock, you know, like, of course, wouldn't I be writing about what had happened to me? But I never talked about near-death experiences because I hadn't heard of them yet. So it was the emotional needs of critical care patients. And I was not only getting published, I was getting invited to speak at nursing and respiratory conferences. And sooner or later, I bumped into Ken Ring who um, was, I think, the first really big professor from a university who was writing besides Raymond Moody. Raymond was writing um, stories he had heard. Ken was doing actual research, scientific research. So I told him, I didn't tell him at first that I had had one because I knew he had to be quiet about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I told him my patients were having it and they were telling me about it, which they were. And it's interesting that people that are near death know who they can tell and know who they, they shouldn't tell. So they were telling me. So I started telling him and wound up being a prime subject in his book, Heading Toward Omega. And when he handed me the galleys of that book, for the first time I had structure 
to what had happened to me and how I was now changing. I mean, I had the burning hand syndrome. When somebody's around us that's sick, we've got to get our hands on them to give them energy. That was really bizarre for somebody like me to have those feelings, but I went with them. I would put my hands on my dying patients as long as no other colleagues were around watching. And the whole book gave me structure for the way I had changed because I had gone from this meek little atheist Mm -hmm. to somebody who was out there wanting to help. Anyway, shortly after that book came out, my first husband and I divorced. It was too much for him. He not only didn't want to hear about what was going on for me when I was helping people die, he didn't want to hear about my writing or anything else. And it was my fault, he said, that I had changed. And at this conference, I was dead at Fintorn. It was interesting because Tim Van Lomel was there. He has a wonderful book out. He's a cardiologist um, called Something About Continuation of Consciousness After Death. And his stats show that 70% of the people who have these experiences wind up getting divorced. And I was certainly one of them. Wow. What was his name again? I haven't heard his Tim, name. Tim, P-I-M, yep. Van, V-A-N, Lomo, L-O-M-M-E-L. Okay. Back to your story. 70% people have yeah. near-death experience yeah. get divorced. So wow. at that point, I was um, the treasurer of IANS. You know what IANS is? You can explain it. I do, but okay. some listeners it's may not. It's the International Association for Near-Death Studies. And when Raymond Moody's book first came out in 1975, it was the first time we had the term near-death experience. And he was a resident at University of Virginia, and Bruce Grayson was his professor. And Bruce and he and a few other physicians joined together to form the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Well, when Ken's book, Heading Toward Omega, came out, Ken invited me to start coming to the board meetings. So I would go to the board meetings, and I was the first woman to be on the board. Oh, first congratulations. Woman. Thank That's you. Awesome. I crashed the good old boy network. Absolutely. And I was, yeah, I was the second end of the year. And at that point, um, after being on the board for about a year and then I'm getting a divorce, I'm treasurer of the board. And we really needed money desperately because we had two full-time people answering mail. We had no idea there were that many people out there that had had near-death experiences that were looking for answers. But a Gallup poll around that time, and I'm talking about the mid to late 80s, came out with 11 million people in this country alone. And that was before we were counting kids. So anyway, I was going to move up to Connecticut and be a respiratory therapist and try to you know, raise money sure. to keep our uh, employees going. And coincidentally, and my whole story is full of coincidences, coincidentally, Bruce Grayson, who was at the University of Michigan, was offered a job at the University of Connecticut, Mm -hmm. which included a research assistant. So I moved up there, and I actually became the first person that had a salary to investigate near-death experiences. And that was an incredible six years for me, because I got to interview people just like me. And I learned so much more about accepting myself and realizing that a lot of us had been abused as kids and a lot of us that were having these experiences were suddenly like fish out of water or maybe we were the fish in the water for the first time. Sure. And, you know, then I met my now husband, Charlie Woodfield, and that was at the point in the six years where I was coming up with the um, child abuse part and 
I wanted to investigate it more. And before I met with him, he had sent me a copy of his book, Healing the Child Within. So I started reading that book and realized that he had already discovered and written everything I wanted to investigate. Coincidence? <laughs> right. Yeah. So in the last 25 years that we've been together, between the two of us, we've written over 20 books. That's incredible. Because, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. His research and mine flow together. So when we write, I mean, we're just bouncing back and forth between my background in near-death experiences and his background in recovery. Hmm. Can I ask you, Barbara, I know myself, I've been here, and I know some of our listeners, too, either have just lost a loved one or afraid of dying, have been diagnosed with a terminal illness. I know there's Mm -hmm. people that are actually listening at the bedside to some of these interviews of someone who's very, very ill. Some hope that um, from your research and from your own mm-hmm. experience so will do some comfort as to like what I know many near-death experiences are different what are maybe some commonalities and is there some reassurance that we're going to be hopefully met by one of our loved ones and, and that there is nothing to fear yeah you know I've sat with many many people too many to count now as they've died that's a good place to be if you're scared of it because I talk about entrainment, mm-hmm. you know, where their spiritual vibration is becoming stronger as their physical vibration is weakening. Really? Yeah. So there's an entrainment. If you know what entrainment is, it's, it's like their vibration is stronger than ours and overpowers us so that we move into where they're at. We have had group spiritual experiences as people are dying because the whole group that's around them, that loves them, we all move into that peace, at least the peace. And then sometimes people will talk about being able to see the tunnel and moving through to the point where they finally reach a barrier where they know they can't continue, they have to come back. And having been there so many times with so many people, I can tell you that they're fine when they die because they're waking up to a reality that's like, oh, yeah, I remember this. This was before, and this will be again. So they're kind of gliding into that peacefulness and that love that we don't understand when we've got a brain with a cortex. You know, we've got to think it over. But the energy, of the spiritual energy that leaves the body is back again in that place with whatever you want to call God, and they're okay. The pain happens to those of us that are still here that have to let go of them. Oh, it's so tough. So And I mean literally let go because I have seen people hang on and hang on and hang on because their relatives are saying, no, 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 don't go. Every single soul that's going to leave this reality needs permission from somebody else to go. Did you know that? I didn't. We'll find out more after the break. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With age, our skin loses its elasticity. The most common complaints are under eye bags, wrinkles, crow's feet, and eyebrow sag. Now, diminish those visible signs of aging in mere minutes. Instantly Ageless from HealthyLooking.com is a velvety microcream that, when applied lightly, reveals visible, toned, lifted skin. Instant beauty. Stunning results for women and men. Instantly Ageless was a hit on The Rachel Ray Show. Board-certified dermatologist Dr. Whitney Bowe. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin right. while it sits on the skin. So we're right, going well, to test it let's, now. All right, we're going to try a product this here. It's Instantly more accessible, right? Ageless. You know, we'll go backstage, we'll test it out. It's a cream. You literally just put it on. So we'll put on a really thin layer and we're going to see if it sort of lives see up to the screen. And then she went off to try a product called Instantly Ageless. Yeah. Instantly, you could see a difference. Even the cameraman were like, wow, look at the difference. Yeah. I mean, but I would definitely use this product. This product, within minutes of applying it, it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation. Get your Instantly Ageless now at our exclusive website, HealthyLooking.com, or by phone at 800-604-3129. That's 800-604-3129. Within minutes you can take years off your looks and reveal visibly toned lifted skin try our starter kit postage paid for only $19.99 or stock up with a full-sized box at a newly reduced price not available in stores instantly ageless at healthylooking.com or 800-604-3129 instantly ageless from healthylooking.com Hey folks, producer Tom here reminding you to make sure and check out our official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. For many of us, YouTube is our go-to place for audio-visual media, and we here at Coast to Coast are happy to share free hour-long excerpts of Coast to Coast AM with you, our loyal fans and new listeners. Our YouTube channel offers many different Coast to Coast AM hour-long pieces of audio on numerous topics, including ufology, extraterrestrials, conspiracies, strange creatures, prophecies, and much more. 
much more. There's even a section that includes our most popular uploads, such as many of the David Pilates shows on people disappearing in national parks. To visit or subscribe, just go to YouTube and type in Coast to Coast AM Official, or you can simply go to the coasttocoastam.com website and click on the YouTube icon at the top. It's the official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. You're going to love this. Just get on over to coasttocoastam.com and start your free listening now. Hey folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're here with near-death experiencer and author and therapist, Barbara Harris-Whitfield. Barbara, before the break, you were saying that people need permission to die. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, somebody has to love them enough to say to them, it's okay, you go. And when they go, obviously the pain is left with us here. However, if, the, if you've had this spiritual experience with them as they're leaving, my experience being with a lot of other families as they've let go is that that peace stays with them for quite a while. And even when the peace, you know, is finally over and they have to face their own grieving, they know their loved one is in a better place. And it's all about the selfishness of grieving because grieving is a very selfish act. You know, we're moaning and groaning over how that person has left this huge void in their life. Yeah, it's hard. So it really hurts us, but they're okay. And as we process our grieving, now, if we don't use the word depressed and go on an antidepressant, I'm so against that. Mm -hmm. Depression is another way to say grieving, but it's frozen. Real grieving has movement. So over time, yes, I will always miss that person. Yes, I will always have pain in my heart because I love them. But I can get used to living again and allowing myself to feel the grieving when it happens. And it doesn't last long. If you time yourself, even hard crying can't last more than 10 or 20 minutes. And then it's like an ebb and a flow. Yes. But if, if we lock ourselves into the term depression, it never leaves. I really like how you said grieving has movement. Depression mm-hmm. is frozen. I've had people, uh, even just reading my book, I've got a big chapter on grief. And mm-hmm. and I talk about life after death and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, one gal gave it to her mom who didn't even want to read it. But she had locked herself in her house for six years after her husband died mm-hmm. and was just like, there's no reason to live. I mean, talk about mm-hmm. frozen, frozen even yeah. in the house. And yeah. thankfully, she was able to leave and live again. But uh, mm-hmm. it's easy to be locked into that. And I think by you sharing your story and so many others, um, it helps us believe and how it helps us have that movement through grief as opposed to being frozen and die ourselves internally when we lose a loved one. Right, exactly. Part of us dies, but then there are always gifts. There are always gifts that that person leaves for us. Just the understanding of it's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Mm -hmm. Just that understanding of how lucky we were to have been able to experience 
that love is number one lesson. Number two lesson is I'm strong enough that I can get through this. Yes. And then there are many other lessons that come along until we realize that life is just one lesson after another. You know, nobody promised us it was going to be pain-free. Life <laughs> is about pain, too, but pain teaches. Right. To just jump in sure. here and say that I do have one book that helps us to unhook from the drama. Not that we want to unhook from our loved one, but we want to unhook from the drama of it and just hang on with love. You know, will I still be connected to my loved one if I give up all the other regrets and just hang on with love? The name of this book, and it's a very short book, it's less than 100 pages, is called AFGES, A-F-G-E-S. And AFGES stands for Another Effin' Growth Experience. Oh, that's great. Yeah, as soon as we can term it, something that will, you know, be funny, it helps us to unhook from the drama. So it's not just about losing a loved one. It's about any drama in life that we get hooked into. Yeah. I do want to ask you about some of your books because um, I did some looking at, you got a lot of books, lady. But, yeah. but there was something that really called to me about the natural soul. Yeah. And so I know that we all have an ego, or in my book, I call it the voice, which is like the negative voice inside of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I talk about the soul self. And I think you're talking about the true self. I think we're talking about the same thing. But could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, the natural soul is really part of a series. The first one is spiritual awakenings, which is everything I learned in the research over the six years about after effects. So I'm describing all the after effects and spiritual awakenings. But fast forward 20 years, and Charlie and I are married, and I'm finally able to have a healthy enough relationship that I can take all of those after effects and put them into everyday working gear. And the natural soul is really about what life looks like when we've healed enough to be our true self, soul. Charlie calls it the child within. What does life look like in a healthy relationship with myself, with others, and with God? So that book is more very, very personal. In fact, I had to check with Charlie on certain aspects of the stories to make sure it was okay with him for me to tell it. But to me, that's the best way to explain what I'm trying to explain if I can tell stories about our life. So that is a book about the whole, oh gosh, the circle of life mm-hmm. when we finally have gotten to a healthy point where we're not being ruled anymore by our wounds. I see really having that awakening as to who we are and all that negative stuff and the wounds really can be a gift to make us mm-hmm. who we are. But then from that point, to be into our like naked self and get to choose like what our passion Mm -hmm. is and who we really are. That's pretty powerful. It's powerful. It's incredible. And I think that's what the goal is. I think that's what my mission is. And it's not the big things. It's the little things, you know, it's the smile that we get from a grandchild. I mean, you heard me raving about my relationship with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I now have that relationship with some of my grandkids, only now I'm the grandmother. Very nice. Yeah, so it came back. It came back. And it's wonderful now to be able to have it. But it's little tiny things. I'm not talking about big things. I'm talking about, well, here's an example today. Mm-hmm. My granddaughter comes on Friday to us on the school bus. She's just turning seven. And last year, 
when she got off the school bus on Halloween, I was dressed in a wizard's costume with a high hat, you know, with mm-hmm. lights blinking on the hat. And I had candy for all the kids getting off the bus. Well, she must have loved it so much that she called me Monday night, and she, she calls me Mom. She says, Mom, would you please come in your costume Friday when I get off the bus and give all the kids the candy again? I mean, she remembered it a year later. Mm-hmm. So I am just, I can't wait till 3 o'clock in the afternoon when the school bus comes. Those are the important things. And it's just not our loved ones. It's perfect strangers, too. I really Being kind. I really love, um, Barbara, that you're talking about the little things because... There's a lot of people that think do something big, like you have Mm -hmm. to write a book, you have to volunteer, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. And it's such a relief because people have busy lives, but Mm -hmm. it's in the little things that make a difference. A smile or, you know, random act of kindness. Those are always fun. Or just listening to somebody who needs to be listened to or just holding a hand. Like that's that's where the the greatness is. You know, I can't heal politics. I can't heal what's going on in Europe or all over the world. But what I can do is be part of the little things. And if enough of us are doing the little things, that adds up. And sooner or later, that's going to be big enough that it's going to counter the, the darkness in the world. I sure hope so. Yeah, well, we've got to believe so, and we've got to keep doing it. I mean, I'm even thinking about when I was at the supermarket yesterday buying fish, and the guy at the fish counter, he didn't hand me the package of fish over the counter. Mm-hmm. He came around the counter, so he was close to me, and our eyes met. We shook hands, and we looked in each other's eyes, and we smiled. And he made me promise that I would come back and tell him how the fish was. And I'm going to go back there today, and I'm going to tell Mohammed it was delicious. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of a lot of the evil, negative stuff that's going on in the world. I'm also a firm stand that things change and that people wake up and uh, it's a more loving planet. But, you know, mm-hmm. I often think, like, how can people operate like that? You know, how can people do negative things? And it's like, I don't think yeah. they know. And yeah. and you don't need to have a near-death experience to have the wake-up call, right? Exactly. I mean, I give, I think, 15 triggers in my books, but there are more than that now. I mean, childbirth. Bill W., when he started AA, had a light experience and detox. Reading spiritual literature opened some people up. Or just being so grief-stricken by loss that it opens us up. Or, God forbid, being raped. Women who have been raped tell me the stories of being in the light. There are lots of different ways to wake up spiritually. And my favorite one is no dramatic experience. Just starting to be aware of the fact that we have all these coincidences going on. It's like God leaving his calling card. You know, here's a coincidence. It's so far beyond anything that should be happening, and it's happening to me. Where are these coincidences coming from? Well, then I start reading about synchronicities, and that's a very calm way to wake up spiritually. But the world is waking up, and and the evil people in the world, I see them as being asleep. They haven't awakened yet. Yeah, sure. And you know what? Not that I was evil, but I was asleep. I was yeah, skeptic. So was I. None of this world was real. I, you know, I, I wasn't an atheist, but I don't know if I really believed. And it's just my nature of looking at what my passions are, what I was interested in. And suddenly I've got this huge soul growth. And now I'm doing the unimaginable. I'm sharing about this stuff, which I never right. thought in a million years it would be right. me. You know, when I write my books, I think about even if just one person mm-hmm reads this and connects their heart to my heart 
it's worth all the work. Absolutely, it is. Barbara, can you talk a little bit about the term after effects? It's something I've just newly yeah. heard of, and I'm like, what is that? I had the pleasure at the Fintorn conference of listening to Danny and Brinkley for two hours. Oh, he's he awesome. Is, he's been on this show. Yeah. He's been on? Yep. He's just a perfect example of the after effects. You know, here's a guy that really was a bad guy. Yeah. You know, if you read his book, he calls himself an assassin. Yes. For the government. And before that, when he was a kid, he was a really angry kid that was beating everybody up. I mean, here's a guy that, well, my dad would have called him a no-goodnik. <laughs> okay, so here's a no-goodnik that gets electrocuted twice right. on the telephone. And, you know, he calls it, a, he answered the call from God. And now look what he's doing. He's sat with over 3,000 vets as they die. Sure. He is just such a perfect example of going from being a no-goodnik to being the natural soul. And for me personally, I am a totally different person than I was before my experience. Mm-hmm. I was bitter. I was shrinking down to half of the size that I am now. Bruce Gracing used to say that we were on a mission from God, and that's just what it feels like. It feels like to me that what we learn as we process our experience is that God can work through us when we become clear. One more quick break and we'll be back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stay right there. There's more Sandra coming right up. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's time to head over to coasttocoastam.com and check out the Art Bell Vault, a collection of timeless audio. Listen to some of the great interviews with the likes of the late Father Malachi Martin, Dr. Evelyn Paglini, investigative journalist Jim Mars, and more. 
This is classic audio that you can enjoy at any time, and it's all heard without interruption. New shows are added each week, so find out how to access the Art Bell Vault now by going to coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. As we age, cells break down on women and men, causing fine lines, wrinkles, bags under the eyes, crepey skin on the neck, and aging on the hands. Now, Dr. Newman's stem cell-based Luminous products at a newly reduced price will help you return to a youthful vitality and radiance. Dr. Newman, how does Luminous help revitalize your skin and prevent sagging and wrinkles in the skin? I created the Luminous Skincare Line to address all the problems that we have with our skin, from around the eyes where we get the sagginess and the bags and the crepiness on the neck, even the lines that we get around the eyes and the droopiness around the forehead. All of these things can be treated with the Luminous Skincare Line because our products are made to work synergistically to improve the skin on the face, on the neck. You can even use it on the hand and the decote, which is the area where we get a lot of sun on the chest. And you will see improvements in these areas. The Luminous Serum is the powerhouse of the product line. It has the most amount of APT200, which is the stem cell factor to improve the skin. The Luminous Serum, you can put it all over the face and neck to improve the lines and the tightness. You can even put it on the upper eyelid and lower eyelid to improve the sagginess of the neck as well. Thank you, Dr. Newman. We've had such an amazing response to Luminous Serum with the highest amount of APT200 that we've reduced the price over 33%. Or try the Luminous Serum for only $19.99 with our postage paid starter kit. Visit HealthyLooking.com. That's HealthyLooking.com or by phone at 800-604-3129. Luminous for women and men. Luminous not available in stores. 800-604-3129 or HealthyLooking.com. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are with Barbara Harris-Whitfield, near-death experiencer. Barbara, you were just talking about becoming clear. God can work through us when we become clear. And becoming clear means taking care of what we need to do to heal our wounds. And once we've healed our wounds, which some people call the shadow, I call it baggage, (sighs) once we heal that enough, once we're clear, God's coming through us. In fact, we have a book on this that Charlie and I wrote together. It took us five years, a lot longer than our other books, called The Power of Humility. And we have four levels in The Power of Humility. Most of humanity is wandering around asleep in that first level, which is conflict. You know, it's me against you. When we have humility and we can move up to the next level, which is co-commitment, then we've made a deal, you and me, that we're committed to work these things through peacefully. And how are we going to do that? By being humble. And I don't mean being a doormat. I mean being open and willing to learn more about myself, more about you, and more about God. The third level is when we decide to invite God in with us so that there's a co-creation there. And then the fourth level is unity. Fourth level is we don't have to invite God in anymore. God's there. God's present in our life all the time. God's present in our hearts. And we're functioning as a, a conduit for God. I'm quiet just because you kind of just hit me personally. Well, conflict is an opportunity to transcend it. 
to go up to the next level. And then the other couple who wrote it with us, who had a spiritual community in California, mm-hmm. they challenged us. We called them all excited when we finally figured out and our own relationship, how to get to the second level. We called them all excited to tell them the story, you know, and then we put the story in the book. And they challenged us to make it up to the third level because we're going to have more and more conflicts in life. So when the conflict hits me, instead of falling down to the first level where the conflict is, if I'm living my life from the third level, then at least I just fall down to two. I fall down to co-commitment. Right. You know, so this is an incredible book, and they used it to do a two-year teaching course that they have on becoming a minister of prayer. Oh, that's great. Yeah, the whole thing is based on that book. And incidentally, The Natural Soul, which I was talking about before, yep. sprang out of the power of humility. Because once I realized, hey, we're doing it, I wanted to write about it, a personal book about what happens when you use the power of humility in your life. Then you become your natural soul. Hmm, that's beautiful. I don't know if I can summon to words what I'm feeling, but like right now I've got to clean my bedroom, right? It seems like a little <laughs> thing. But I have been chipping away at different things that are kind of out of integrity for me, getting my finances sorted out and whatever. And I'm at the point where even though there's lots I have to do, you know, clean my room and there'll be some more freedom there. When there's not a lot of baggage, when there's not a lot of, and I'm using my messy bedroom is kind of a metaphor for like mm-hmm. things in my mind but when there's not a lot of clutter there is this possibility of whether you say connection with god or mm-hmm. or our true self or whatever that you can really tap into like who are you and what is your life for mm-hmm. you know and, and it often opens up i've found that it's like you want to make a difference with someone else is that one of the after effects too of people that have had ndes is that not only is there less of a fear of dying or no fear of dying and you can heal some of your own wounds, but that you want to make a difference with other people? I think that if you have humility, yes, but also that some people do the turn of um, where they're quoting the Bible all the time. They go the opposite way. They're going to jump in and just take in self-righteousness. Self-righteousness to me is the opposite of humility. You know, humility is being open to learning more. Self-righteousness is, I already know everything and I'm going to teach you. Yeah. And there's a big difference there. And the the other after effect that I'll talk about now is that a lot of people, including me, become more psychic. And for some people that don't understand, psychic becomes the goal, becoming more and more and more psychic. When psychic is a distraction, and I mean, the Eastern religions know this. Psychic is a place to get caught up. Yes, we're psychic, and yes, we're going to help other people, and yes, we're going to help ourselves, but there's something else called healing ourselves and being spiritual. And the way I sum that up in most of my talks, I sum up the um, after effects of three categories, self-growth, personal growth, altruism, and spirituality. That's where if we're really open to what happened and we want to learn more, we want to heal ourselves, personal growth, we want to help others, altruism, Mm -hmm. and we're not afraid to die and we want to help others, spirituality. Wow. I'm taking crazy notes here. My pen just keeps moving, moving. Not that I don't have a recording of all this, because that's what we're doing. But you know, um, David Sunfellow from New Heaven, New Earth is going to be putting up my workshop at Finthorn, and this is all in the workshop with slides. Once that's up, you will actually get slides with what I'm telling you, so you don't have to write it down. Wow. Is that in that YouTube video, or is that something else? 
the YouTube video that he just put up, that's from David, is my talk during the regular conference. Okay. Then we had three days of workshops that were a half a day each from any of the speakers that wanted to give a workshop. Okay. So my workshop was on the power of humility. So you can get all that. Now, I gave you an address, NDE yep. Stories. Yes, we haven't shared that yet with what that okay, is. When NDE you that, stories. It, it, it does, if the listener goes to that website and types in Barbara Harris-Whitfield, then all of these videos will come up. And if it's not up yet, within a couple of days, the workshop, The Power of Humility, will be up. Okay, and that website is ndestories.org. So okay. just looking at time, what are you passionate about now? What's on the horizon? What what, what do you want to share? I mean, it's like, what, what haven't talking, we covered? What do we need to do? Personally, I have to tell you, you need to talk about the little things. Yeah. My husband and I are doing concrete art yep. on our patio. We're right in the middle of creating a labyrinth. Oh, that's awesome. It is awesome. And we're doing it with little tiny tiles and concrete and paint. Anyway, and what we're doing is we're creating something that we can walk with our patients because so many of our patients say that they can't meditate. So with this, we have a new tool to help them to walk, a walking meditation or a walking prayer to clear the mind. Because we went to Europe after we were in Scotland, and they have uh, labyrinths all over the place at the cathedrals. When you walk them, your mind settles down. The chatter calms down. So anyway, we're building one right now for ourselves and for our patients. So that's my local passion. Mm -hmm. My earthly passion is to keep going for as long as I have breath, is to keep telling people the message that we do not die, that dying is safe, that we're going to wake up somewhere else and it's going to feel so good because if we were in pain, the pain will be gone because we won't have a body anymore. And then, you know, I want to come back. I want to come back again and again because this is where the action is. This is where the fun is. This is where you can... You can cuddle with another person. You can't cuddle on the other side. I mean, yeah, God's going to hold you. But I'm talking about life itself is a joy and it's a horrible pain. Right. That's what life is. But this is where the action is. I love that. How about any closing words or if you wanted to give one tool, something that we could keep on our mind today as we're going through our day? Well, on a practical level, Mm -hmm. What I have learned about all my relationships is when I jump in, especially like if my kids are having problems, and my kids are in their 50s now, but my kids still have the same, the word I can think of here is shtick, <laughs> between each other, right. you know, kind of their own baggage. Yes. If I jump in and try to help, my energy is just adding to what's going on and confusing the whole thing. If I just stand back and give them unconditional love wherever they're at, I'm not adding to the problem. I'm not hooking into the drama. And that's, okay, that's with my kids. And with the rest of the world, too. If I hook in, all I'm doing is adding more confusion and more static energy. So it's better to just witness and not judge. Becoming the witness in our life is so much easier than jumping in all the time. So for all listeners, before you jump in, think about it. Think about how much better it would be for everybody else and certainly for yourself to just witness what's going on. But don't have an opinion because it's our personal opinion that's just going to confuse everything else. And then on a global level, I would say that prayer 
is so important. God wants to hear from us. Hmm. And also, one more thing. Sure. If Charlie was in the room, he'd say, the best prayer in the world is one word, help. Just ask for help and watch things change. Every time I ask for help, which is really the third or the fourth level that I was talking about from the power of humility, every time I ask for help in any situation, help comes almost immediately in a totally different way than I would have projected or expected. And that help is kind and soft, and I may learn a few things about myself that I might not necessarily have liked, but I've learned about more about myself more about others, and more about the way God works. This is great. It's like you created this just for me. And (laughs) I'm human. I know I'm not alone. So you who's listening to this right now, (laughs) take it in personally because it's it's super. Barbara, thank you. And what that adds to is please accept the fact that we're all humans and humans aren't perfect. We all have flaws. You know, that's what makes us human. And just love ourselves the way we are. Yes. Wow. Barbara Harris Whitfield, thank you for being our guest today. My pleasure. Please let me know when this is up. I sure will. And to our listeners, you can find out more about Barbara on her website, which is barbara-whitfield.com. And a reminder, or this might be your first episode, I don't know, our home base is the same title as my book, We Don't Die. WeDon'tDie.com. You can find a whole bunch of things. Many past episodes. You can also register for our free Sunday gathering. And in each gathering, we have a medium demonstration to let you know that we don't die. You, my friend, are an eternal soul. Your life will go on. But as Barbara said, life here is where the good stuff is. So make sure you embrace everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. There is something to be learned from everything. So I really want to thank you for listening. My name is Sandra Champlain, and you have been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And if you like this episode of Shades of the Afterlife, wait until you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.